Grief is the response to loss, particularly to the loss of someone or something that has died, to which a bond or affection was formed. Although conventionally focused on the emotional response to loss, it also has physical, cognitive, behavioral, social, cultural, spiritual, and philosophical dimensions. Coping with the loss of someone or something you love is one of life's biggest challenges. You may associate grief with the death of a loved one, which is often the cause of the most intense type of grief, but any loss can cause grief, divorce or relationship breakup, loss of health, losing a job, loss of financial stability, a miscarriage, retirement, death of a pet, loss of a cherished dream, a loved one's serious illness, loss of a friendship, loss of safety after a trauma, selling the family home. Even subtle losses in life can trigger a sense of grief. For example, you might grieve after moving away from home, graduating from college or changing jobs. Whatever your loss, it is personal to you. So do not feel ashamed about how you feel or believe that it is somehow only appropriate to grieve for certain things. If the person, animal, relationship or situation was significant to you, it is normal to grieve the loss you are experiencing. Whatever the cause of your grief, though, there are healthy ways to cope with the pain that in time can ease your sadness and help you come to terms with your loss, find new meaning and eventually move on with your life. There are five stages to grief. Number one, denial and isolation. Number two, anger. Number three, bargaining. Number four, depression. And number five, acceptance. People who are grieving do not necessarily go through the stages in the same order or experience all of them. The stages of grief and mourning are universal and they are experienced from people from all walks of life across many cultures. Mourning occurs in response to an individual's own terminal illness, a loss of a close relationship, or to the death of a valued being, human or animal. These five stages of grief were first proposed by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross in her 1969 book on death and dying. Please, do keep in mind that everyone grieves differently. Some people will wear their emotions on their sleeve and be outwardly emotional. Others will experience their grief more internally. You should try and not judge how a person experiences their grief, as each person will experience it differently. The first reaction is always to deny the reality of the situation. This isn't happening. This cannot be happening people often think. It is a normal reaction to rationalize our overwhelming emotions. 
Denial is a common defense mechanism that buffers the immediate shock of the loss, numbing us to our emotions. We block out the words and we hide from the facts. We start to believe that life is meaningless and nothing is of any value any longer. And for most people experiencing grief, this stage is a temporary response that carries us through the first wave of pain. As the masking effects of denial and isolation begin to wear, reality and its pain reemerge, and we are not ready. The intense emotion is deflected from our vulnerable core. It's redirected and it is expressed instead as anger. The anger may be aimed at inanimate objects, complete strangers, friends, or even family. Anger may even be directed at our dying or deceased loved one. Rationally, we know the person is not to be blamed. Emotionally, however, we may resent the person for causing us pain or for leaving us. We feel guilty for being angry, and this makes us even more angry. The doctor who diagnosed the illness and was unable to cure the disease might become a convenient target. Health professionals deal with death and dying every day. That does not make them immune to the suffering of their patients or of those who grieve for them. So take your time. The normal reaction to feelings of helplessness and vulnerability is often a need to regain control through a series of if-only statements such as if only we had sought medical attention sooner, if only we got a second opinion from another doctor, if only we had tried to be a better person towards them. This is an attempt to bargain. Secretly, we may make a deal with God or our higher power in an attempt to postpone the inevitable and the accompanying pain. This is a weaker line of defense to protect us from the painful reality. Guilt often accompanies bargaining. We start to believe there was something we could have done differently to have helped save our loved one. There are two types of depression that are associated with mourning. The first one is a reaction to practical implications related to the laws. Sadness and regret predominate this type of depression. We worry about the cause, we worry about the burial, we worry that in our grief we have spent less time with others that depend on us. This phase may be eased by simple clarification and some reassurance. We may need a bit of helpful cooperation and few kind words. That is all. The second type of depression is more subtle and in a sense perhaps more private. It is our quiet preparation to separate and to bid our loved one farewell. Sometimes all we really need is a hug. Acceptance. Reaching the stage of grieving is a gift not afforded to everyone. Death may be sudden and unexpected, or we may never see beyond our anger or our denial. It is not necessarily a mark of bravery to resist the inevitable and to deny ourselves the opportunity to make our peace 
This phase is marked by withdrawal and calm. This is not a period of happiness and it must be distinguished from depression, loved ones that are terminally ill or aging appear to go through this final period of withdrawal. This is by no means suggesting that they are aware of their own impeding death or such. Only that physical decline may be sufficient to produce a similar response. Their behavior implies that it is natural to reach a stage at which social interaction is limited. The dignity and grace shown by our dying loved ones may well be their last gift to us. Coping with loss is ultimately a deeply personal and singular experience. Nobody can help you go through it more easily or understand all the emotions that you are going through, but others can be there for you and help comfort you through this process. The best thing you can do is to allow yourself to feel the grief as it comes over you. Resisting it will only prolong the natural process of healing. Here are some myths and facts about grief and grieving. A myth, the pain will go away faster if you ignore it. A fact, trying to ignore your pain or keep it from surfacing will only make it worse in the long run. For real healing, it is necessary to face your grief and actively deal with it. A myth, it is important to be strong in the face of loss. A fact, feeling sad, frightened, or lonely is a normal reaction to loss. Crying doesn't mean that you are weak. You don't need to protect your family or friends by putting on a brave front. Showing your true feelings can help them and you. A myth. If you do not cry, it means you are not sorry about the loss. A fact. Crying is a normal response to sadness, but it is not the only one. Those who do not cry may feel the pain just as deeply as others. They may simply have other ways of showing it. A myth. Grieving should last about a year. A fact. There is no specific time frame for grieving. How long it takes differs from one person to another. A myth. Moving on with your life means forgetting about your loss. A fact. Moving on means you have accepted your loss, but that is not the same as forgetting. You can move on with your life and keep the memory of someone or something you lost as an important part of you. In fact, as we move through life, these memories can become more and more integral to defining the people we are. When you are grieving, it is more important than ever to take care of yourself. The stress of a major loss can quickly deplete your energy and emotional reserves. Looking after your physical and emotional needs will help you get through this difficult time. So face your feelings. You can try to suppress your grief, but you cannot avoid it forever. In order to heal, 
You have to acknowledge the pain. Trying to avoid feelings of sadness and loss only prolongs the grieving process. Unresolved grief can also lead to complications such as depression, anxiety, substance abuse and health problems. So, express your feelings in a tangible or creative way. Write about your loss in a journal. If you've lost a loved one, write a letter saying the things you never got to say. Make a scrapbook or a photo album celebrating the person's life or get involved in a cause or an organization that was important to your loved one. Try to maintain your hobbies and interests. There is comfort in routine and getting back to activities that bring you joy and connect you closer to others can help you come to terms with your loss and aid the grieving process. Also plan ahead for grief triggers. Anniversaries, holidays and milestones can reawaken memories and feelings, so be prepared for an emotional wallop and know that it is completely normal. If you're sharing a holiday or a life cycle event with other relatives, talk to them ahead of time about their expectations and agree on strategies to honor the person you loved. Look after your physical health. The mind and the body are connected. When you feel healthy physically, you will be better able to cope emotionally. Combat stress and fatigue by getting enough sleep, by eating right and by exercising. Do not use alcohol or drugs to numb the pain of grief or to lift your mood artificially. Finally, and most importantly, do not let anyone tell you how to feel and do not tell yourself how to feel either. Your grief is your own and no one else can tell you when it is time to move on or to get over it. Let yourself feel whatever you feel without embarrassment or judgment. It is okay to be angry, to yell at the heavens, to cry or not to cry. It is also okay to laugh, to find moments of joy and to let go when you are ready.